Uh, guys, we are in week three of a um, four-part series called Gospel Partners that is all out of the book of, uh, or out of the chapter of 2 Corinthians chapter 5. And so I'm going to ask for two favors as we kind of continue this series this morning, uh, talking about our role uh, in the gospel, how we partner with God um, in this great mission of, of getting the gospel out uh, to the nations. And so we're going to kind of talk about uh, our role. We, we start that portion. We've done gospel for two weeks. We're going to talk about partnership now for two weeks. Um, but here's what I'm going to ask you to do. I need two favors. One, um, if you have a Bible, I'm going to ask you to open it, whether that's digital um, or, or you, you brought your hard copy. So uh, we're in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, so I'll ask you to open there. Second thing I'm going to ask you to do is um, we, we kind of count on you guys taking notes. That's kind of our, our culture here. And so you'll see a lot of people take notes. Um, uh, we, we have bulletins. If you, if you got one when you came in, if you open it up, it's got fill-in-the-blank sermon notes. But we also do digital notes. Again, a lot of us use our cell phones. So if you'll open up the camera app on your phone, point it at the QR code, you can access our digital notes. I love them. They're fill-in-the-blank. They're a spell check. You can save PDFs. You can email them to yourself. Um, they are pretty stinking cool. And so uh, I'm going to pray for our time in God's Word. I'm going to ask you to get situated uh, and prepare yourself to study God's word along with me as you take notes. Father, um, thank you for allowing us to um, be in this place, to have this moment where we pause our crazy busy weeks and we focus our hearts around what you have to say instead of what the world is shouting. Uh, Holy Spirit, we want to recognize your role in all of that. You are the teacher of the church. We, we pray that you come take your place in our pulpit and that you would exalt Jesus in our midst, that we would see Jesus Christ clearly this morning. We would see our need for him we would see exactly what he's done for us and that we would come to understand who we are in him and how we should live because of that. In Jesus' name, we pray these things. Amen. Amen. Uh, well, guys, we've been in this passage uh, for a couple of weeks. We're going to be here a couple of weeks more. I'm in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, starting in verse 14. Uh, the Word of God says this. It says, For the love of Christ compels us since we've reached this conclusion. If one died for all, then all died. And he died for all, so that those who live should no longer live for themselves, but for the one who died for them and was raised. From now on, then, we do not know anyone from a worldly perspective, even if we have known Christ from a worldly perspective, yet now we no longer know him in this way. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. The old has passed away, and see, the new has come. Everything, all of this is from God who has reconciled us to himself through Christ. And he has given us the ministry of reconciliation. That is in Christ, God was reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against them. And he has committed the message of reconciliation to us. Therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ. Since God is making his appeal through us, we plead on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. He made the one who did not know sin to be sin for us, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. Um, there's three things I want to share with you this morning. Guys, and here's the first. I want you to know that everyone who believes in Jesus becomes a new creation. And what that means is that they enter into peace with God. Okay, everyone who believes in Jesus is a new creation entering into uh, peace with God. So this, this whole study has been about reconciliation. I've been sharing with you guys kind of every week what reconciliation means. It, it means uh, that there, there was something that once was right 
uh, but then it was, it was broken, and reconciliation is the process of making it right again. And in this case, we're talking about our relationship with God. So last week, we talked about the fact that we were made uh, by God for God, and we were made to be with God, and it was all right. And in the garden, everything was great, uh, but we rebelled against God's good plan. There was literally one rule, mankind broke it, and so we were cast out of God's presence, therefore we were going to die. Where God is, his life is. We didn't have access to God, we didn't have access to his life. We're now going to die because, because of our choice, because of our rebellion against God's good plan. Okay, and, and so what we need then is reconciliation. We need to be made right, but we, we talked about the fact there's nothing we can do to fix this. Right? That we could do a bunch of good stuff, but it doesn't undo what we've already done. We need somebody that will, will do for us what we couldn't do. And so Jesus came and he lived the perfect life that we couldn't. He died the death that we deserve on the cross. He conquered said death. And then, and then he imputed. We, that was the big word last week. He imputed. He literally deposited in a heavenly account all of his righteousness. So, so not only was our sin covered, not only was our debt canceled, but then deposited in our account forever, eternally, is all of his righteousness so that we can be made right with God again because God is holy, holy, holy. And now if we are in Christ, that's how we become a new creation, right? That's how we become a new creation. And so uh, that's what we began with. That's what verse 19 is talking about. Everything is from God, who has reconciled us to himself through Christ, has given us the ministry of reconciliation. That's in Christ. God was reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against them. And, and y'all, the Bible's super clear in this. This can only happen through Jesus, Right? It can only happen through Jesus. There's no other way to be reconciled to God. There's no other way to have peace with God. The, the Bible says again at one time, when we rebelled, we became his enemies. There's no other way for this broken thing to be made right except through Christ. Uh, that's what we're talking about when we say everyone who believes in Jesus uh, becomes a new creation. They, they enter into peace with God. So Ephesians 2, uh, 8 and 9 says it this way. It says that we are saved by grace through faith. By grace through faith. It says it's the gift of God. It's not by works so that nobody could boast. So, so this salvation is what we're talking about. This is this peace with God, having a relationship with God. We get eternal life because where God is, his life is. So, so that only happens through this belief in, in Jesus. Uh, Paul puts it this way in Romans 10, 9 and 10. He says, if you'll confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and you'll believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Okay? And so, y'all, this is foundational to, to what we call the gospel. Now, the gospel, simply put, means good news. There's good news, right? The, the good news is that despite our rebellion, God has a way for us to be made right with Him. And that's His Son, Jesus. That's, that's the good news. So the title of the series is Gospel Partners, Good News Partners. So, so the good news is like, hey, in Jesus, that this can happen, right? Uh, and, and, and here's the message we start getting into the partnership part. Here's how the earliest Christians partnered in the message of the good news. You know what their message was? It wasn't complicated. Those of you that are like, I, what, what, I don't know what to do as a Christian. I don't know what to tell people about God. Here's what they told people, Acts 16. Uh, it's pretty straightforward. Believe in the Lord Jesus and you'll be saved. That was the message. Hello? That's not complex, is it? Is that hard? That's not it. I guess this is what the early church. Y'all, we are here now, thousands of years later, because some guys got that message, and they just went around and told everybody that. Well, just believe in Jesus, and you'll be saved. And we've like made it this complicated thing. Well, yeah, yeah, but you've got to dress a certain way, and you can't talk a certain way, and there's things that you shouldn't eat or drink. or like, like, and, 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 then, and then maybe, and it's like, this is the message. 
This is the message of reconciliation. If you will believe in Jesus, and the scripture is very clear. How do I believe in Jesus? Well, you have to believe that he is Lord. Well, what does that mean? It means that he's the one that conquered death. Right? He's the one that died on the cross for your sins. He's the one that rose again. Oh, yeah, yeah, I believe that. And it says if, if you'll confess that with your heart, you'll say, Jesus, I believe that. I believe you did all that for me. Man, come into my life. The Bible says that you will be, you'll be saved. And at that, at that moment, you are reconciled with God. You become his child. You're no longer his enemy. You're fully at peace. And you get his life, which is really, really cool. Okay? And that's, that's what we're referencing here when it says we become a new creation. And so that's, that's verse 17. It's the point of this passage. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, if anyone has done that, he is a new creation. The old has passed away and see the new has come. Okay? Now I talked about this last week, but I want to make it like super clear this morning. Uh, that is a heavenly declaration that you're a new creation. Write that down somewhere, please. Because if you don't write it down, you're going to mess it up later. All right? A lot of Christians think uh, this new creation stuff is something physical. It's something earthly. It's something right now. I'm a new creation, uh, by golly. And so therefore, when you sin later, uh, and you will, uh, you're going to, love you, uh, you're going to think, well, maybe I'm not a new creation. If I'm new, it says that the, the, the new has come, the old is gone. And, and so wait, why is there so old? Maybe I'm not a new creation. Oh my gosh, maybe I'm not really saved. Maybe I, maybe I didn't really believe in Jesus enough. Maybe I didn't have it. I don't, I don't know. Why am I still doing this stuff? And so, listen, new creation, heavenly declaration, imputed righteousness, deposited in the, the, the books in heaven, all of Jesus' righteousness. So you are a new creation. That's how God sees you. That's who you are in heaven right now. But the kingdom of God works a little differently. Okay? You want a big churchy word? Let's skip the churchy word. I'm just going to say it's the already but not yet kingdom. Jesus came and he said the kingdom of God is in your midst. The kingdom of God has come. But then he also said, but the kingdom of God is coming. Right? So it's here in a sense, but it wasn't in its fullness yet. The big churchy word, if you want to write it down, it's inaugurated eschatology. You don't need to know that. Already, not yet. That's what you need to know. And the same is true about this newness that we have in Christ. Right? I'm, I'm already a new creation, but I'm not yet the fullness of that new creation. So when God declares, when we read 2 Corinthians 5, 7, I'm a new creation, that is a heavenly declaration, but listen to me, there is still an earthly battle. Okay? Because it's already, but it's not yet. And if you don't get that part, man, you're going to question your salvation. You're going to think, man, I wasn't really saved. You're going to walk around with all this extra guilt that you shouldn't have. Uh, and so I, I just, I want to start there. First thing, right? Everyone who believes in Jesus becomes a new creation, entering into peace with God. Second thing I want you to know is that this requires a change on our part. This requires a change on our part. So 2 Corinthians 5.15, still in the same passage. And he died for all so that. Um, anytime you read this, the word so that, the phrase so that in scripture, it's really important. You should, you should like mentally, every time you read so that, that's a purpose statement. Something happened for a reason. Okay? So, so listen, he died, Jesus died for all of us so that. There's a purpose for his death. Okay? Guys, here's the purpose. He died for all so that those who live should no longer live for themselves, but for the one who died for them and was raised. See, that speaks to purpose. 
if we're new creations, then we should have a, a new purpose. When we're reconciled to God, our, our lives should change. What we live for should change, right? Before we tried to do it all, on, all on our own, we pursued a bunch of stuff. We talked about that whole uh, for eternity in our hearts. So we sought a bunch of things and we shoved them into our life and we realized they never brought contentment. And, and, and so uh, then we find Jesus and we have a relationship with God and that's what we're created for and suddenly we're made, we're made whole. And so what I used to pursue changes, now I pursue Him instead of stuff, right? My, my life changes. The Apostle Paul uh, talked about it in, in, in this way. And again, you know, verse 15, the summation, Jesus died for us, we should live for Him. But Paul put it this way in Galatians 2, 19 through 20. He says, I've been crucified with Christ. And I, I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. That's, that's his new purpose. No, no, like, I, I, don't, I don't live for me anymore. Jesus died for me, now I live for him. So, so like, when he died for me, my old way of life, I, it's dead with him. I'm nailing it to that cross. I, that's not who I'm going to be anymore. That's not what I'm going to focus on anymore. That's not what I'm going to live for anymore. That's not what I'm going to worry about anymore. That's not, that's not what I'm here for anymore. I've, I've, I've crucified all that with him, now I just, I just live for him. I just want to think about the things he thinks about. I want to, I want to live the kind of life he wants me to live. He, he puts it even more simply in Philippians 1.21. He says, for me, to live is Christ. To live is Christ. We could get into the die is gain thing, what he means by that. He just means it's, it's better to be uh, in heaven. And then he talks about, well, no, maybe not. God still used me on earth. Like, that's a long, complicated passage. But, but the statement, that, that's, his, that's his banner statement for life. To live is Christ. That's His purpose. That's His purpose. That should be our purpose too, right? Guys, when, when, we, when we become Christians, when we're reconciled with God, uh, something amazing happens. People that were once enemies, were once far away, they're brought near because of the death of Jesus. And they become children of God. Enemies become kids. They become heirs. It's amazing, right? And, and so now we, we have this new position uh, we have this new place in, in the kingdom. And so, uh, so Paul says that, that's what we have to do. So, so that means something. All right? So if I have a new purpose, okay, if this new creation uh, means I, I've got I've to change, right? I have to have new purpose. Uh, there's one, one more part of this passage we need to get to, and it's this. That now, because of that new purpose, ready? Old stuff, that's the next point. Here we go. Old stuff has to go, and new things that represent... Our new relationship with God have to come. Okay, old things have to go, and, and new things, because I have a new purpose, because I've been changed, because I'm a new creation, the old things have to go, and the new things that represent my new relationship with God have to come. Okay, so um, show of hands, all right, we're going to do this this morning. Lights are up, we can see this. How many of you have been in more than one relationship? Okay. How many of you married folks, we'll pick on the married ones, have been in more than one relationship? You, you dated somebody else before you got married. All right, cool. All right. You guys are like, like me. Okay. Uh, ha, ha. This, I won't make you raise your hand now, okay, because this would get you in trouble. Some of you were not very wise when you got with the person you're now dating. You got married, and some of you might have kept something that an old person gave you. Right? Okay, there's a whole episode of Everybody Loves Raymond about this, by the way. 
Uh, right? There is. There's a whole episode. I think it's called like the, the breakup tape or something. She finds an old breakup tape and, 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 and she's like, why would you hang on to that? And he's like, what? You haven't hung? And she goes, no, I've hung on to a lot of things. And so Deborah's like, oh, like that lamp and like that hairbrush. And, like, and she, she's kept all this stuff from old relationships. And so he gets a box and he's throwing it all in the box. Like, why? Because you don't do that. Right? Because, because if I'm in a new relationship with somebody, then I shouldn't be clinging old to old things. And the same is true in our relationship with Christ. Like it would be a disservice to your spouse for you to, to have set up in your living room something that reminded you of somebody else. That when we enter into relationship with Jesus, that we want to get rid of the old stuff. Because that's a disservice to Christ for me to have, have idols set up from my old self and my old way of life. Does that make sense, y'all? But listen, it's going to be tough. Sometimes we hear that I'm a new creation, and we think, well, I'm a new creation, therefore I will not A, B, C, or D. (laughs) Right? Because I'm new creation, I won't do fill in the blank. (laughs) And then we do fill in the blank, and we don't feel like a new creation. Right? We're like, ah, maybe I'm not a new creation. Maybe I'm not even saved. But that's not how it works. It, it, it's not, I'm a new creation, therefore I'll never. It's, it's because I'm a new creation. Because I have a new purpose. Because I have a new position. I'm, I'm, I'm now a child of God. Because I have new power. I have the Holy Spirit living inside. Because I'm new, I'm going to do everything that I can. I'm going to do everything that I can to make my life look new to reflect the relationship I'm now in. I'm going to do everything I can, okay? I'm going to do everything I can. And, and so uh, Paul, Paul puts it this way in Ephesians 4. He says, so take off your former way of life. He's like, just take it off, throw it off, put, put it off. Uh, the old self that's corrupted by its deceitful desires. Um, and, and put all that off so that you might be renewed in the spirit of your minds. And then he says, we should put on the new self, the one created according to God's likeness and righteousness and in purity of, of truth. And so here's, here's what I want to say to you this morning. I think it's really important. I've been trying to say it all morning. Is this new self is a heavenly declaration, but you guys still have an earthly battle. And so this putting off the old and now putting on the new, uh, when you struggle in this battle, that's not a sign that you're not a new creation. Okay, because now that you're a new creation, you're actually in the fight, right? Before you weren't in the fight, you're just getting your butt kicked by Satan. So now you're in the fight, welcome, right? And so now I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put off the old, I'm going to put on the new, and here's what I'm going to say to you, it is really, really, really hard. Maybe no pastor's ever said that to you. It is hard, and I, I promise you right now, you're going to fail some days, okay? You don't believe me, uh, Paul, who we've been quoting all morning, dude wrote half of the New Testament. Like if you're talking about the number of books, he wrote half the New Testament, okay? A lot of people think of Paul kind of with a cape on. He's like a superhero Christian. Some of you think of him a little more highly than you ought because your theology has him exalted over Jesus. We can talk about that later. But uh, anyway, just just saying, uh, we interpret everything through Jesus. Not Anyway, um, so, but... Paul, who, like, listen, Paul's, Paul is one of, he really is, he's one of my spiritual heroes. Well, look at Paul, it's like, dude, that dude that, that used to persecute the church, and he was so changed by Jesus, he wrote half the New Testament. But listen to how he speaks about, about his, his life, about, about this putting 
off of the old self and trying to put on the new. And I just want you to know that that, that dude that we think is like, like, that's a pillar of Christianity. That dude struggled with it. He says, for we know that the law is spiritual, but he says, but I'm of the flesh. Sold as a slave to sin. He says, I do not understand what I'm doing. This is, this is Romans 7, uh, 14. Starting in 14, he says, I don't understand what I am doing because I do not practice what I want to do, but I, but I do what I hate. Now, if I do what I do not want to do, I agree with the law that it's good. So now I'm no longer the one doing it, but it's sin living in me, for I know that nothing good lives in me that's in my flesh. For the desire to do what is good is with me, but there's no ability to do it. For I do not do the good that I want to do, but I practice the evil that I do not want to do. Now, if I do what I do not want, I'm no longer the one that does it, but it's the sin that lives in me. So I discover this law. When I want to do what is good, evil is present with me. Right? I want to do it, but evil is present with me. For in my inner self, I delight in God's law, but I see a different law in the parts of my body. They're waging war against the law of my mind, and they're taking me prisoner to the law of sin in the parts of my body. What a wretched man I am. Whew. And that's one of our heroes. You know what he says? This is hard. This is hard. And you know what? There's going to be some days that even though you're a new creation and there's that heavenly declaration, even though you've been declared new and you're trying to live as new, and there's going to be some days that in your attempt to put off the old and to put on the new, you're going to fail. And you're going to feel like a wretched person. Right? And that is part of following Jesus. You need to hear that this morning. If you think that as a Christian, you're supposed to be perfect, maybe you're one of those people, you're like, I don't know if I've ever really received Christ. I mean, I, I prayed a prayer. I, I started reading my Bible. I started praying. I, I thought there was something different. But then, I, I mean, I, I don't know. Life's just not everything it should be. I fail a lot. Because um, I, I, I just want to encourage you. I want to encourage you this morning. So, so what, what do we do with, with this part of 2 Corinthians 5? I, I want to go back to the, the, the point we've had um, every morning here is, is first and foremost, we, I want to challenge you, be reconciled to God by faith in His Son, Jesus. Like today, today, uh, some of our youth, guys, our youth have been killing it, by the way. Uh, man, we, we, had, we had 72 middle school and high school students here Wednesday night. 72. Uh, these guys are, are being ministers of reconciliation. They're going out. Something happened to them at camp. They're going out. They're inviting friends. They're saying, hey, this is important. So we've got all these youth. We've had over 40 students show up every Sunday morning, which has been amazing. Uh, many of you are hearing the gospel for the first time, and that is awesome. So you've heard about how much Jesus loves you. So this is adults too. But, but yeah, but what are you going to do with it? At some point, you have to decide to follow this Jesus. At some point, you have to go, okay, today's going to be the day. And so if you've been here the last several weeks and you've been hearing about Jesus and all that he's done for you, but you haven't made that decision, it needs to happen today. Like grab one of your leaders today, students. I mean, I mean any of them. Uh, Miss Aaron, Coach Anderson, uh, the, the Rose, like anybody, anybody, uh, the Chambers, like grab somebody and go, hey, I, I need to know how, how, how to have that Jesus thing in my life. I want to be a child of God. Just can you share that with me? And, and your leaders will do that today. But, but adults too. This is the mission of God, is that, that you'd be reconciled, that you'd be his kid. 
you'd have eternal life. This is why Jesus came. Don't, don't wait. Don't put it off and think, well, maybe later, maybe if I get my life right. Y'all, I'm here to tell you. That's what this message is about. Your life is always going to be a struggle. You're not going to get good enough to then receive Jesus. You need Jesus who will give you the power to help this fight. And even then, you won't win all the time. All right? So, so today, I, I be reconciled to God. Secondly, uh, I would say that then you got to understand, as such, you have a new purpose. Right? Change your goals, man. So what is your goal? You're like, well, I really want to do, you fill in the blank. Awesome. Now, now then add these two letters on the end of it, right? So I don't know what you want to do in life, but you could write it on paper right now. I want to do, and then you, you write down blah, blah, blah. So whatever blah, blah, blah is for you, that's what you really want to do in life. That's what you're passionate about. And then add these two words at the end. Ready? For Jesus. Changes it, right? And it could be anything. I, I, I really am passionate about insurance. I, I want to sell insurance for Jesus. So I'm going to be honest. And I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to care about customers. And, and as I build relationships with them and I meet them, because if you're an insurance person, you're going to meet people uh, right at, 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 at places where life got really hard. And either there was like maybe a, a bad wreck or a loss of home or a loss of person. And then in those moments, you can actually comfort them with the gospel and share Christ with them. You're like, what? I could do that? You could, right? What am I going to do for Jesus? Because that's, that's not my purpose. I, I, I do stuff, but man, I live for Christ. I do it all, right? If, if, you're, if you're somebody that, you know, your kids are playing sports, that's awesome. I love sports. All my kids play sports. That's great. They've all played sports. But what were we doing it for? If, if I was doing it so that I could throw a tighter spiral, that was dumb. Sorry. I mean, you hit 40, you can't throw anything anymore. Stupid. I mean, it, unless you're Tom Brady, okay? I get it. Like, that dude's different. It's all those stupid, stretchy things. I mean, he, all he eats is avocados. It's different, okay? He's retired now, too, so it's fine. It's not about throwing a tighter spiral. I do all those things so I can build relationship with people because the kingdom of God is about getting people right with God. That's what it's all about. Everything I do is about getting people right with God. So live for Christ. Three, um, fight daily to put off your old ways and put on your new ones. Uh, if you do not understand that as a Christian that this is a fight, you're going you're gonna to be miserable, you'll be overcome with guilt, you'll feel like a failure, and you'll, you'll probably even question your salvation at some point. You might even give up. Uh, it, it ain't going to be easy. Okay, following Jesus is really hard. I hope you like hard things. I, I, I like hard things. I, sometimes I get annoyed by how hard things are. I'm like, oh, come on, one day, Lord. And he's like, dude, you know when life is easy, you take time off. Come on, man. Right? Following Jesus is going to be hard. Be ready to fight this fight. It is a daily struggle to go, ah, that's why they call it dying to yourself. That doesn't sound awesome, right? <laughs> well, I really want to, no, I don't, no, I don't, no, I don't. Like sometimes it's hard to push those things down. And some days, I've got to be honest with you, you're going to fail, okay? I love you enough in the Lord to say you're going to fail. You'll fall on your face. And so that's what this last point is for, ready? When you do, I want to challenge you to ask for and you might want to underline that next word and receive God's forgiveness. When you fail, ask for and receive God. Can't just say, God, please forgive me. You actually have to receive the forgiveness of God. All right? 
So many of us, when we mess up, we're like, dear God, please forgive me. Amen. And then we walk away and we're like, I'm the dumbest person that ever walked the face. I'm no good. Maybe I'm not even a Christian. I should just stop this altogether. I don't know why I exist. I'm such a loser. Nobody else struggles with this stuff. It's just me. I wasn't in your home this week, was I? Your private moments, right? Yeah. So you asked for forgiveness, but you didn't receive it. 1 John 1, 9, if we confess our sin, He is faithful and just. He will forgive us of our sins and He'll purify us of all unrighteousness. We are clean, 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 buddy. I live like that. And so you, you can't just ask for God's forgiveness. You have to receive God's forgiveness. And then you can start living as the people of God He's called you to be, okay? Does that make sense? This is yes. This is no. This is, could I have 20 more minutes, Pastor? Nobody? Nobody, okay. That's kind of sad. It's kind of sad. All right. I want to pray for you this morning. I'm going to ask you where you are to bow your heads. Uh, I'm just going to say this word as everybody bows their head and close their eyes. Some of you need to talk to somebody about receiving Jesus today. Some of you have heard it for two weeks. Uh, some of our students also heard it Wednesday night, but you haven't done it yet. You need to be reconciled to God today by putting faith in Jesus you need to speak to somebody today. Some, some adults in the room need to have the same conversation. How do I receive Jesus today? You need to come talk to somebody today. Come talk to a staff member. Talk to somebody at one of our doors that's wearing one of those lanyards. They'll take you to a staff member. Talk to somebody today. Okay? But then there's a whole bunch of you that are believers and you have been beaten down by the enemy and by yourself, quite frankly, because you have felt like a failure. Because you hear, I'm a new creation, and your life doesn't match it, and you've been living with all of that shame, and you've been wondering whether or not you're really even saved. And, and this morning, what I'm going to ask you to do, maybe for the first time ever, is take all that junk to Jesus and say, here's what I'm struggling with. I, I've, I've failed so many times. Would you not just forgive me but let me receive that forgiveness this morning. I now understand this is going to be a fight, okay? So let's go to the Lord in prayer. Uh, Father, um, for all those that don't know you, I pray today would be the day of their salvation. I pray today would be the day that they become a Christian, uh, that they become your child because of what Jesus has done for us. And so first and foremost, give them the strength, Holy Spirit. I mean, put it on their chest where they're like, oh, oh, I got to talk to somebody. Like, make them want it. Just, just put it on their chest that they've got to share this morning their need for you. And so first and foremost, I pray that prayer. But secondly, God, for every believer that's here and has really struggled with their faith because they read passages like, hey, I'm a new creation, but they still struggle with sin. And they just haven't understood that there's a heavenly declaration and there's an earthly fight. Jesus, let your grace fall upon them this morning. Let them reach out to you and not just ask for forgiveness. But God, for maybe the first time ever, let them receive your forgiveness. Let them understand, okay, this is what it's like. And I pray for strength every day that they would go out now and fight the good fight. That's, what it's called. That's why it's called the good fight. Let them fight to throw off the old, and to put on the new. And as we'll talk about next week, to start being your voice, your ambassadors in this world. God, we love you. We ask that in your holy, powerful, and precious name. Amen.